0: Welcome to BitFriends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. BitFriends is a national vitiligo support community founded by Valerie Mullineau. For more information, you can visit us at www.vitfriends.org. You can also call us at 844-374-3639. Again, that is 844-374-3639. 3.9 Fit Friends Podcast are sponsored by My Bitiligo Team. Welcome to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. So today's show, I brought in Maurice. He's been here before. I wanted to bring him back because I want us to have a, a discussion about something that I think is very important.
1: But before we get into that, welcome maurice hey mark thanks a lot man i'm glad to be here Uh, glad to be a part of the show once again um I'm, it's an honor to be back
0: absolutely and i appreciate you willing to come back because um, the topic we're going to talk about um today is something i feel like is very important that we don't always understand but it's important for us to get an idea of what it is how to identify it what are the stages and how we provide support for it and that's a grief for men and I wanted to target our men because I, being a man, you know, I, I process things differently. You mm-hmm. know, um, I may not drop tears that you can see, but internally, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going through, but I still go to work. I'm still laughing. I'm still joking. I'm still doing the things I normally do. But I right. feel that side that people don't see that I'm dealing with. Absolutely. You know, so I wanted to go ahead and start. Um, because I want this conversation to just be right to the point. Let's let's get them. Let's hit it and put it out there. Um, for men, what are some of those signs in, in your line of work? Um, and let our listeners know your line of work again.
1: Absolutely. So um, once again, my name is Maurice Harvey. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I am um, licensed in North and South Carolina. So in South Carolina, it's the LISWCP. Same kind of credentialing, same kind of deal. Um, I I do mental health therapy. Um, I have a, a and I also have a nonprofit called Black Male Therapists of Charlotte where um therapists from all around the city have come together to be uh change agents uh for the community and so um this is what i this is what i dedicate my life to particularly i'm i'm really um, excited about the growth that men are able to have now right, right. like a lot of people talk about how mental health is a uh, taboo and now it's starting to become more mainstream and people are talking about it um and i love that men are able to now say okay now I may have a space where I can share, right? Right, right? And so for me, this is really this is really important. In um, in the and, and so as a therapist, a lot of a lot of what I see. And before I, before I even get into that, I I just want to say, you know, a lot of people give social media a bad rap, right? Because social media has a has a has a dark side to it, right? But there 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 are um, social media sounds, right? Spe- specifically, like on IG, that I've heard where. It talks about you know it's it's like a a guy's voice and he sounds like he's in a like a hollow kind of space and it's like um, we're gonna do it again aren't we and the head is talking to the heart right, right. or it'll be a guy running and he'll you know it'll be like um, I I don't have anybody else I am you know what I'm saying like I am my backup I, I don't ha- you know and it's it's so interesting because when I when I hear those kind of things and I see those kind of things and the posts that are attached to those the videos attached to those sounds I go wow it's not just me or my friends or the community that i serve like this is global right Right, this is is not just a a a people i can touch issue this is men around the world and i'm sure women as well but specifically since we're talking about men right now men around the world who are socialized to not express emotions typically outside of anger or happiness right and so i love that you were saying you know you know guys may walk around and smile and look like things are okay they're laughing they're joking they are carrying out the daily work of their business um and i love that um people would say oh guys you ask me that. oh yeah i have to i have to right. and i was talking to one of my fraternity brothers earlier this week who reminded me of something that i always say um because he, he said the same thing to me he's like man you always doing so good and i'm like man i have to i don't got no choice
0: right right absolutely
1: he, as soon as i said it, he said but you always tell me i got a choice he said, "He said, he said, Maurice, you you tell me I'm choosing to operate in a certain way," and I said, "You absolutely right, bro. So thank you for correcting me, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> know, I, I need you to correct my illogical thought process right now. I, I needed to have that moment where I was, you know, wallowing in my pity a bit, nah. But um, I, and I think for for men, it's important to recognize, and maybe even for the for the greater community, it's important for for you to for for the community to recognize, for men, while we feel like we don't have a choice, we have to." We have to be the backbone. We have to be strong. We have to be brave. We have to be committed to the cause. We actually choose that because there, there are people all around the world, men and women included, who choose to break down. They choose to go to work and fall apart in the middle of the day. They choose to um, no longer press forward. They choose to sit in certain spaces now, now, and I, and I don't mean that, you know, okay, you're going through a grieving process and so now you're kind of stuck. I mean, like literally there are people who choose not to move in a way that society would say, oh, that's a man being a man, right? Um, As far as handling emotions. And so um, the first thing I want to say is it's a choice. We choose to be strong. We choose to look like nothing's bothering us. We choose to appear as though things are all well and good. And inside we may be crying, we may be hurting, we may be at our weakest point, you know, it's another sound that I saw say, um, it says, um, show show me a time where you were at your weakest point and nobody knew, right? And I love that so much because people, there are people that are like in the middle of a party, having a great time. There are people like uh, at, at, at functions, you know, having a great time. And then there's also people who are like crying in their car or like right. sitting on the edge of the ledge or something like that. But it's like, it looks so different. Like when you look at all the, sound, the the videos attached to a sound like that, there are people in all kinds of stages of life that you don't know what they're going through, right? Um, and so th- to, to, to answer your question, what does it look like in men? It looks a lot of different ways. Right. And, a, and a lot of times it looks like well composed.
0: <laughs> you know, I laugh at that because even myself at work, my role, my responsibility, I have to be the backbone for the students. For the teacher, so if if there's a um crisis or something happening, I'm that guy, yeah, you know, so <clears throat> excuse me, regardless of what I'm feeling or going through at that moment, I have to put it aside, yeah, but I'm also recognizing once I deal with whatever situation, I'm gonna go sit in the break room, I don't want nobody to talk to my turn or walkie off, I need that time for myself, you know, yeah. um, yeah. I'm learning, and I say learning because I wouldn't do it last year, I wouldn't do it, I'll just stay in it and trying to deal with it and then trying to process my own mess and mm. finding myself burnt out. Yeah. Now I remove myself. You know, if, if that means, um, leaving campus to go get lunch, yeah. Hey hey, y'all, I'll be back. I'm just stepping out. You know, I'll come back later, you know, and, and it
1: sounds easy, but it's hard to do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely difficult. Cause when you think about, you know, the, the, <laughs> One of the first things I think of, and I'd, I'd imagine that many men think of, many, many people think of when you say, well, what is a man? The first two words that come up, protector, provider. Right. right. And so as a man, if you feel like you need to take a moment for yourself, then who are you protecting and who are you providing for? Right. It becomes very selfish. Like, oh, I need a moment. Well, well yeah, but sometimes you need a moment to reset so that you can continue to protect and provide. If that is, your, if that is your place, because it's like, well, what, what's the point of going to sleep? If you, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. that's a really selfish task. Like, you're you just <laughs> going to go to sleep, but there's people in the world that need protection and provision? Yeah, because you can't do it all. And so right, right. the idea of being able to step away, take that few minutes, whether it's a five-minute you know, kind of breather or an hour lunch break or whatever that looks like, being able to take that time to say, hey, I need to step away so that I can be the best version of me for the people who depend on me is, is extremely important. Extremely yeah. important.
0: Yeah, You know, and I'm one that I laugh a lot at school, I'm always Mm -hmm. cracking jokes, I'm always, I'm serious, but I'm silly at the same time, you know, because I feel like laughter is very important, so I had to handle a situation with the child, and I was in the middle of about to heat up my lunch, I got a call, I said, okay, I'm going to take my lunch with me, so I brought my lunch, I didn't heat it up, I just sat it down as I'm talking to the kid, he's like, what's that, I said, that's my lunch, did you have lunch, he said, yes, I said, well, I didn't have mine yet. Are you hungry he said no i said well i am so he's looking like oh i messed up didn't i uh, and, and <laughs> i told him i said look i need to eat just like you i said yeah. i was about to heat up my food and now i have to come out here and talk to you and, and 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 we talked and you know and it was something silly it like he he could have turned it around in an instant and once he realized you know, he inconvenienced me, he apologized, you know, okay. said, I'm sorry that you didn't get a chance to eat your lunch. I said, it's okay. I said, but I'm going to eat still, you know, but I just want, you to know, this is what I was about to do. And I want you to see my lunch is here, you know? <laughs> um, but, but to me, I just wanted I, I guess I really wanted him to recognize I'm a human too.
1: That's, I, I was, yeah. I was thinking the same thing, like yeah. the humanity of you, Absolutely. and his ability to see the humanity of you it's probably that i mean that that in itself as an intervention could be life-changing i mean i know that's not necessarily what we're talking about but kudos to you for letting him see your humanity because as a man it's important for younger people to see that men have thoughts and feelings and emotions right right but it's
0: connected though so the grief part of like if we're talking about grief for whatever reason you know right right it's the humanity of men we are people you know we're not some subgroup that's you know, built to take on everything, every pressure we have emotions, we have thoughts, we have feelings, we have you know dreams, goals, all these things, you know, just like everybody else, absolutely um, so absolutely. let's talk real quick, uh a little bit more about those signs. I know you said it's different for every person, and you right. and you talked about sitting in that car, and yeah. I often say, I said, you know a lot of men, we cry in the dark, oh yeah. You know? There are some of us, we, we'll cry in the open, but when we're behind closed doors, whether it's in our rooms, whether it's, it could be in the bathroom, <laughs> you know, just oh, wherever we could seclude ourselves. And we, you know, and it's not always tears. You know, we think crying is tears. It's right. feeling in the inside, like, yes, man, what just happened? You know, what's going on? And you're trying to process and think about it. Then you're like, okay, I got to go back out. I got to push because, you know whether it's my family or maybe somebody mm-hmm. I'm involved in
1: or just for myself. OK, let me get through the rest of my day. Yeah. And I, and I love that you you differentiated tears falling out of your face from crying. Right? right. Like that 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 the act of tears falling out of your face. That's what we typically think of crying to be. But there are so many men. And and again, I I, I don't just I don't exclude women from this, but I'd imagine right. Right. how many men cry without tears. Right, like the ability to to know internally you are having a, a whole breakdown. Like your inner being is, I mean, the tears are pouring. You got the snot dripping. <laughs> yeah. you, you're doing right. the whole <laughs> trying to catch your breath internally. Right. While right. externally looking like the duck on the water. Right. Like, right. oh yeah, he just calm, cool, collected. But underneath, right, right. Like, you are just like flailing. Right. And so I love that you were able to differentiate that because I'd imagine a lot of a lot of people say. Um, you know, it's been years since I cried, but I wonder how often they would recognize the difference right. between crying internally and tears falling off their tears, falling out of their eyes. Because Realistically,
0: those tears can come. You can go outside. It's cold. Those tears come out. They you just can laugh and those tears come out. That's different. Both, but yeah. What you're feeling in, in the inside. That's a mm-hmm. whole another thing. That's a different process. Um, and I, and I just feel, and I say that cause I was one of those guys and never wanted to process what I was feeling in the inside because mm. you start to feel i'm weak i'm this i'm that yeah. you know but yeah. now you know in at, at my older age and the stage i am now i'm like yo somebody wants to know how am i doing i'm gonna let you know this is what i'm feeling yeah You know? um because yeah. if i don't it's gonna compound in the inside and you know you start dealing with the internal parts of yourself you know
1: you you, you might break down and next you know you're in the hospital you don't know why yeah, and, I'm, and before I get into the stages of grief and what yeah. grief actually does, right, like the other thing that I want to say about uh, your uh, men being vulnerable enough to talk about their emotions, when you aren't able to do that with people who are close to you, you limit the closeness of the relationship, right? Like you limit your significant other, your friend, your family member um, from being able to be the best version of them to you that you need because you are saying, oh, no, everything's fine. Right? right and so right. H- who are you to limit your your friends your 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 partners your homies your family members ability to grow and connect like why would you do that to them right yeah, right like you you you're, you're saying like no i'm i don't I, i'm i'm i don't want to put my stuff on people but how did how do, how do you know that you putting your stuff on them is it their next step to growth and transformation Absolutely. right and so i tell people consider that when you feel like you don't want to share, you don't want to open up, you don't want to be vulnerable to people that you know care about you. Now, I'm not saying just to any and everybody, but to the right. people who are your your people, your circle, your tribe, your your unit, your family, your connection points. Give them a shot. Right. And give them more than one shot because they're human, too. So they might not know how to handle the bag that you give them. Right. like, Oh, wait a minute. You ain't never said this before. Right, like, absolutely. Oh. Right. But that don't mean that they won't be prepared next time. Right. And that don't mean to never bring up those type of situations. And so, I, I leave that to go to um, grief. And you know, there there's this uh, thought process. Um, is, there's there's an acronym we use called DABDA, right? D A B D A, right? Um, and this is about the, the stages of grief. And so, the stages of grief are based on the five most common emotional reactions to loss. Um, that's so. The first D is denial. And then the first A is anger. Then there's a B for bargaining, D for depression, A for acceptance. And there was there was it was once believed that this was the uh, it was like a it was a circular pattern where, um, you know, you got to go through all of these stages in order to get to acceptance, because that's the ultimate goal. Right. To get to the acceptance of it. Right. and later on, as, uh, you know, theories were tested, hypotheses and this kind of thing, we recognize that it's not necessarily a circular pattern. You don't go from you don't you don't hit the whole spectrum of emotions. You can skip emotions. They can right. they, you can you can go from back and forth, um, because ultimately it's about the way we process the information. Um, and the other the other piece that I'll say about grief is a lot of times we think about loss specifically. Right. Um over the last year and a half or so, um, I've noticed something a bit different. And I think it comes from, um, I think it comes from the pandemic kind of woke me up to this idea, right? And it's not necessarily about loss, but about change. Uh,
0: right? Yes.
1: Right. And so, so even, even good change could still feel like grief. Right. Right, Because as you, I mean, the initial part of it is like, oh, this good change, this thing, you know, I'm I'm making more money, right? I'm, you know. But as you think about the, you know, so for now, I'll, I'll, this is, here's a, a good example for me and my thought process, right? So you have two, you have a, 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 people on the same kind of, uh, playing field as far as colleagues, right? So they, they are, um, they colleagues in a structure, whatever, right? And so one of them gets elevated to supervisor, right? that person who gets elevated to supervisor may immediately be like yes i got the position i was excited about it i got money but as they learn how to now balance being a supervisor no longer being able to have the same type of relationship that they had with their colleagues who are now their subordinates right or, like that change can trigger grief even in a, even though it's a good change and it's exciting change and a great time there's grief that can happen in something as simple as that, and it, it, it's as exciting as that, right? Right, right, um, right? And so change in general um, can 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 have the same denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance kind of pieces to it, right? And so that's more of a light way to kind of look at it, right? right and, of course, we all know the heavier ways when you start talking about loss as far right, as right, death. Right. But a lot of times we don't think about loss in the form of friendships that are no longer valid or valued. We don't think about that as, you know, um, people who are still alive that we no longer have access to. Right. That grieving process of relationship loss, Um, people losing limbs, right? Like we think of that as just, oh, they lost that, but that's grief, that's a loss, right? right? Loss of functioning, right? And this is one that, that for men, oh my goodness, as men get older, our testosterone, our testosterone levels drop. Right. Muscle right. mass, you know, becomes less dense. We start getting a little more fat stores and, you know, our functioning is, and that's a, there are so many men dealing with grief around the loss of functioning. Right. And, and we don't know what to do with it.
0: Hey, I and mean, hey, 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 you it. know, it's funny you say that because I have to recognize at work, I'm not 30 anymore. Yeah. So when I'm talking to these kids, I'm like, look, I'm not chasing you. Cause I know I could run for a good good amount of time, but after a while I'm like, uh uh-uh, go sit down. Yeah, you're not 30, you're 50. You yeah. know, my body doesn't function the same way. You know, having to physically um interact with the with the child, that's challenging now. I go home. I'm drained. I'm tired. I feel like I've been working out all day. I'm like, man, what's going on? But it's reality, and it starts to hit you. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and as that reality hit, boy, sometimes (laughs) like I had I had men talk about you know just the loss of function. And me and my friends, we laugh about it because you know while we're not quite at that fifty mark, right? We starting to approach it. And and some of my friends, we talk a lot about how you know you got to warm your knee up before you stand up.
0: Absolutely. You
1: know, you used to be able to pop up out of bed, but now you slow mm-hmm. and stretch, you know, you, you, you're sitting on the edge of the bed stretching for you. Man. You, know, you. You're getting out of the car and it's like one leg at a time.
0: Absolutely. And things hurt for no reason. For no like, reason. Why is my shoulder hurt? I didn't do anything. Why is this hurting? What is this? What is this muscle over here? I never used that before. What's that hurting for? You know, you yeah. just you start to discover things about yourself and it's hard for some
1: people. Oh, yes. Yes. And again, that, that, again, that change, that loss of function and that, that the, the the difference between, you know, what was and what is can, can absolutely have a lingering effect. And um, I just, for, for men, it's so important to recognize that it's healthy ways to deal with grief, right? right? It's not all about just holding on to it and biting biting your jaw and you know men in the fort and all these you know things that we think about warriors and all these things like i'd imagine that most men who believe that they have to be strong that they can't be weak or men who think that crying is a sign of weakness or will say well no it's okay to cry but i swear they ain't cried in 30 years and you know the kids might say, "Well, Daddy, I ain't never seen you cry," and the daddy's like, "It's okay to cry," but the kids are like, "Well, I ain't never seen you cry," and in their head, they like, "Well, crying's for the week," <laughs> you know, even though they right, telling right. the kids it's okay to cry. Like, I'd imagine that men who are unable to 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 mourn, to grieve, to cry, to release, I'd imagine that if they were able to connect with other emotionally intelligent men who were able to recognize the hurt, the damage, the brokenness, the not good enough, the failure mentality, if they were able to get around other men who were able to support them um, and give themselves an opportunity to, to grieve appropriately, I'd imagine it that, that 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 men as a whole would be able to heal and move in a healthier pattern um, instead of a lot of the more negative coping mechanisms that we use. Right. Absolutely.
0: Hey, hey, I'm going to share something. And, and for my listeners don't laugh, you don't laugh. But if you do laugh, I'm OK with that, too. Um, when <laughs> I saw Wakanda Forever, mm-hmm. that movie was heavy. I know yeah. some people didn't like it for whatever reasons. I, I get it. But watching it, and it is quiet moments when there was no sound. Just maybe, mm-hmm. a, I think one part it was just wind. I'm like, oh, hold on. What am I feeling? Like, I'm yeah. feeling something. I'm like, hold on. Um, um, uh, Let me eat some more of my popcorn and drink my drink because <laughs> I'm starting to feel something. But sometimes it, it's the quietness of life that really makes you reflect. And if you feel like you have those tears, internally, externally, you need to shed, shed them. Do it, you know? And and I, I and I saw that movie twice, and every time I get to those quiet parts in the movie, it hit me, I'm like, mm. Dang, you know? I said, you know, the world is so full of noise and it's mm. constant and it's always moving that I feel like we don't slow down enough to really reflect on life and those stages and different things that we've experienced and to me, it was it was refreshing. It was a release, you know. Um, I wasn't balling. I didn't need tissue like that. But right, internally, right. it it brought me a peace. You know? yeah. And I'm like, okay. I said that, that that was important in that movie, and that's what I needed from it at that moment.
1: Yeah, no, that's good, man. And I think, I think, <laughs> the more I think about it right now, honestly, it's weird. What's well, interesting. As people, we fill our lives with noise. Right, right. Like we we are constantly like they're 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 white noise machines because you need noise, right? People leave fans on not just for the coldness but for the noise. The right? noise, yep. they, you know, they put the, they they wake up and they turn the TV on. They might not even look at the TV, but they turn the TV on. Right, they turn the radio on. Um, like we constantly live in a space of noise. Right. How often do we? I mean, if that movie was that impactful for you, right? I right, I'm gonna ask you this. That movie was so impactful for you in the quiet spaces, right? Right. Since you've seen it twice, how many times have you desensitized and just spent a few minutes in total silence?
0: Since then, I I, I do it in the car sometimes before I go into work.
1: Mm-hmm. I turn everything
0: off. I listen to the radio, turn it off, and I just sit there for a minute.
1: Nice. So you've learned yeah. that quiet spaces are important for you, right? Yeah. And so my challenge would be to, to, to listeners take an opportunity and just take all of the things that are, are are sensory overload right and unplug and when I say unplug I mean don't go don't don't take your phone to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> right. right right sit sit with yourself as you are doing your business but leave your phone in the room right right um before bed take 10 minutes and just no TV. No phone, just just t- just ten minutes of just you breathing. that's it. just you breathing and just track it for a week and, and 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 track it for a week track how you feel track what it what it does to you mentally and emotionally physically because that's the other thing that we don't talk about how grief literally um can physically manifest physically manifest in the body. Right. When right. so you talk about grief and loss, when you when you are when you are harboring all of these emotions around grief and loss, the change of life, your body can literally become ill based off of the emotional heaviness of what you're dealing with. Absolutely. Man,
0: hey, look, I, I was sitting here thinking one of the best conversations I have with a little boy at school who's a, he's a talker. He talks never stops. No breath. We sat down, didn't say a word.
1: Mm.
0: And when he went to speak, I said, "Mm -mm, mm -mm, don't say anything. And we just sat in silence for about, for about two minutes, you know, and he's trying to process like what's going on. I needed that moment and I think he needed it. Yeah. And then we started talking after that. He was able to share what was happening in class and what was going on and all that. But even as educators, sometimes we don't know when to stop talking. Yeah. We don't know when to sit in silence and just enjoy, like you said, that quietness. And even with the students, give them a moment um, to process, you know, because as educators, we're going through a lot in that school. Oh, we yes. We work with our students, and we're trying to teach them, and then we're feeling some type of way because little Johnny won't stop talking. A little Susie just threw something, you know, yeah. and or we're dealing with stuff at home. And we're trying to teach and you get that phone call or you get that text message and you're trying not to break down, but you're trying to stay focused. You know, there's a lot going on. Um, And like I said, even as the brothers that, you know, around the world, take that time for yourself. Yeah, that's that self time is so important. I'm learning that. Um, I didn't always think about that because I was always trying to pour out to other people. But if I have nothing
1: left to pour, then what? I'm empty. Can't pour from an empty vessel. You know that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, that's that man, that's good, man. And I I um as I'm I'm sitting here listening to you talk about, about this, and I I'm thinking like educators, man. I have I have quite a few educators who um come to me for individual counseling. And man, the things that educators are going through right now, and I don't want to I don't no, want to shift the conversation. No, no, it's fine, it's fine. But but whoa! Yeah, you know, one of one of my goal, one of my one of my uh, one of my plans when coming out of high school was to teach. Um, I wanted to teach high school. Wow! Um, and I'm so glad. <laughs> you know, I'm, so, I'm sorry to my educated friends, but uh, I'm so glad that that plan did not pan out. Because e- even after that plan didn't pan out, I was going to go be a school social worker. Like right. that was, I was like, I don't necessarily want to teach, but I want to be in the school. I want to affect change in the I, like the school is where I want to be. And I've had I've had a couple of opportunities to go in school systems and sit with counselors and sit with the social workers and see what they do. And I am just I am so glad (laughs) that did not stand out because, woo.
0: people do not understand what it's like to be in the school system unless you're in it. And don't be in it for 20 minutes. You sit there and just observe 20 minutes. No, you got to be in there for a week so you can fully experience every aspect of being an educator. Yes. What goes along with it? Not talking about teaching, I'm talking right. about everything else we're dealing right. with, right. And some of it, some of it is so over the top and ridiculous. If we told somebody, they'll go, You're lying. That ain't no ain't, and, no, ain't no, work. ain't and, no. And, and you just want to go, If mm-hmm. I could just get a hold of that camera footage, I would show you, and you would believe me. But and that's like when I watch the news sometimes. It is frustrating because they, they make it seem like educators are horrible. We're horrible people. And the kids are so they're all angelic kids and they do yes. the right thing. I'm like, y'all don't know that. even ooh. in elementary school, y'all don't understand ooh, ooh. what we deal with. Yes. They're they're babies, they're they're let me say this they're they're they are 25 to 35 year old babies. Yes. Ooh.
1: That's a, that's a good yeah. description.
0: They that's are bringing their parents' issues into the school and we're trying to um provide support for them and it's not easy. And and as we talk about grief, our little boys.
1: Oh I've never God.
0: seen so many young boys angry. You're five and you're angry. Like, dude, teletubbies, oh, uh whatever's weird. on TV Sesame Street. That's no, not, Teletubbies. <laughs> I know, I took it back. Focus <laughs> on that stuff, man. They, these kids come in and man you just you'll be shocked and you can tell they're angry and yeah frustrated and and all these things and um you know what i try to do in my role i just speak to them good morning shake their hand Mm -hmm. i don't Mm -hmm. i don't question what's wrong because they may not be in that space to talk about it but i want them to know i see you you're present yes um Mm -hmm.
1: That's powerful, man. Yep. I mean, just just that. Just that someone acknowledging that they're they Absolutely. are present. Right. And I mean, if they're angry, and, and this, and this is this is just, you know, an, an, an outside observation. But children who are who are physically upset and they are like that is their norm. Like like right, they typically right. come in and you know they have a chip on their shoulder.
0: Yeah.
1: For you to look at them in their eyes, good morning, smile, and yep. and keep it pushing without questioning them, without you know, because everybody else, everybody else already yelling at them. Right. Absolutely. absolutely. They don't tell them what they had to deal with on the way to school, yep. before school, waking up for school, through the night before you know, waking up. Absolutely. At bedtime, what they ate for dinner, yep. what time they ate dinner.
0: Right. Absolutely. They bring all that to school and, we, and we focus sometimes just, oh, you've got to learn. You've got to learn. You got to, I said, we don't know what's in, internally these kids are truly dealing with. Yeah. I, and as we talk about grieving, I know we were talking about men, but like I said, our, our little boys, man, it, it's just, it, it it hits you in the heart. Because when you watch them, they, they are some angry five-year-olds. I'm like, man. And they'll fight you in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, you're five. Yeah. I'm like, I'm 45 years older than you, and you're trying to fight me? For real? <laughs> you know, and, and I know it's something else going on that I may not be able to help them with. But I also want them to know, hey, I do care about you, you know. Yeah. And I, and I think, and I, and maybe you can help out with this a little bit.
1: Okay.
0: I, I think if we took more time, and I'm talking about men right now,
1: mm-hmm.
0: to spend with our little boys, and even the little girls, to spend with our kids, you know, the the youth around the world, we could change some of them. But oh, yeah. part of that, we got to identify uh, what's going on with us first make sure oh. we're in a
1: good place yeah 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 i'm gonna tell you man so so two two points to that one um there's there's there and i haven't i haven't looked at this in years but um when i first became a dad about 16 years ago um i took a bunch of women's study courses yeah, i wanted to understand what my my daughter's mom um, was going through at the time i wanted to know what my daughter was going to be facing so i took a bunch of women's study because matter of fact i took so many women's study, studies courses at unc charlotte that i probably could have minored in, in, and a matter of fact i was two i think i was two um classes away from minoring in women's studies wow. right like i, I took that I, I i just didn't know i, I right. wanted to know i wanted to know what was happening um and so yes one of the things that that i learned was the role of the dad and this is probably outdated now specifically because the the roles of Man and woman of changing the roles of husband and wife, the roles of mom and dad, they're all changing, right? Um, but one of those roles, um, that talked about that the importance of a dad or a man being what well, dad specifically being in a child's life is the rough and tumble play, right? So, in the the analogy that they, they kind of gave was, um, mom has the house settled, the kids are doing homework or whatever, dad comes in the house, the energy just rises, dad plays and everything and then dad you know goes on about his day and the kid has to learn to regulate their energy and emotions Right. To, and, and they talked about how um it allows for children to be able to go from one task to another task more seamlessly because of the the rise of fall of the energy that happens younger in life right and and again those roles kind of shift and change or whatever because i know moms that are just as rough and tumble as dads now right right, right. um but the traditional idea of what that looked like or the heteronormative, you know, I don't want to get into all the language and jargon, but right, right. um the the idea that you know that emotion can come and go. And so when you start talking about grief, right, that the 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 loss of connection, the loss of connectivity in young boys becoming able to shift gears, right? right because right. they continue to grow in adulthood, it's it, they, they carry that grief. So it's not just, I got dad issues. I have a, a, a hard time being emotionally intelligent in certain ways because right. I didn't have that interaction. So it's not just, Oh, my daddy wasn't there. Like th- that's a, that's a saying that we have, but the idea that my daddy, that means that I was missing, not just how do you piece that up and how do you shave? Right. right, like, right, right. But we don't think about the emotional intelligence, the emotional intelligence that occurs because a, a healthy dad is present right um and so the other thing that that you said was well men as a as a whole we have to figure out what's going on with us so that we can be impactful in a in a in a positive way while that's and that's very true however you know we we have a saying that says hurt people hurt people right i challenge that a bit and say hurt people also heal people Right, because if I'm if I'm dealing with my humanity as a therapist, like me individually as a person, and I'm dealing with my humanity, my mom could be de- dealing with some stuff, my grandma could be dealing with some stuff, my wife could be dealing with some stuff, my 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 friend could have just you know got some terrible news, I could have just got some terrible news, right? But if I go into session and I have to compartmentalize that while I am hurting, right, I choose to work with people even in the midst of my humanity. Right. 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 And I think that even hurt people can heal people. So men who are listening, who are like, well, yeah, let me get myself together first. You know, um, it's just like, it's just like in, in biblical texts when it says come as you are. Right. Right. You know?
0: Right. This go. is
1: one of those, these, 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 one of these thoughts where it's like, well, I got to get myself right first. Uh, no, nah, just come, just right. come. So, Sometimes that's a lifetime, and we'll 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 help you figure out which roles you can play and how you can you know right. even in even in your brokenness, even in your you know quote unquote damaged goods or whatever you want to call it, y- your presence is needed. You know, unless and, you have some legal boundaries around being around, right?
0: right. That's you know, the next
1: generation. <laughs> then, uh you, right, you you got value. And,
0: and, and you know, let's think about this real quick, and then we're gonna uh, go to some more um, some of the support and. Um, maybe throw out a couple of numbers that people can use if they're in crisis and then we'll wrap things up. Um, When I was going through my separation and divorce, you know, I was grieving, but my grieving was anger. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know I was angry. One of my boys pointed it out. He took a picture of me and showed it to me. He said, Mark, you are angry. And I looked at it. I was like, man, I am angry. What am I angry about? But I was was dealing with the loss of the family. Mm -hmm. But what happened, what helped me out, um, I was at a stoplight and I looked over, there was a sign. There was a program called Divorce Care. And I was oh. like, I ain't going to that mess. <laughs> so the next time I'm at the same light, the same sign, I look over, I'm like, all right, I'll take a picture of it. I might call. I did call, but I chickened out. Mm. I pulled up in the parking lot and I went home. That's like, it going to there. Because I'm like, I, I needed, I needed something. I needed support. I needed help, but I was, my ego wouldn't let me do it. I will put it that way. My ego would not let me do it. Although I knew what I was going through, what I was feeling. But when I walked in, when I finally went in, my fourth attempt, um, I realized as I sat down, I'm like, wait a minute. All oh, y'all got the same issue as I do. <laughs> we all go through separation divorce. So why am I looking like my situation is any different than yours? We all are experiencing something. Yeah, And to me, that was one of the greatest experiences to hear what people gone through. They were hurt. Like you said, as we say, you know, hurt people, hurt people. But yeah. there they was healing in people's stories. Mm. um, And knowing that this is divorce is not the end game of life. You know, yeah. it's, it's a change. Yeah. No one asked for it. You know, nobody gets married to say, hey, I want to get divorced. It happens. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. But. There was healing in that whole process, you know, yeah. the grieving, the crying, the frustration, the, the being told it's OK for you to be angry. Just don't react to that anger you're dealing with, you know. Yeah. Um, and it was a process. You know, everything's a process.
1: So uh, and, well, before, and you see, to, yeah. before you let me just say, I, and I love that you said, you know, you separated anger from the behavior. Right. right. Because so many people think of anger as the, 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 the observable behavior. And that's right. not what anger is. And so sometimes we got, well, I'm not angry. I can't, I can't be a-. like, no, anger is an emotion. There's no such right. thing as a good emotion or a bad emotion. Emotions are just what they are. They are to be, they are emotions. They are what you feel. There's no such thing as good or bad, right? They Some of them, some of them impact you differently. Some You may feel differently about your emotions or think differently about your emotions rather, right. um, but there's no such thing as a good or bad emotion. And so um, I just, I, I want to reiterate, like, it's the a- anger is not a bad thing, right? Like anger, anger just is a trigger letting you know that your body's saying, Hey, Hey, I didn't, I didn't like something. That's right, something, right. something happening. Alert, alert, alert.
0: Absolutely. And, and, and you know, I, I'm glad you said that. Cause kids, they were like, I'm so angry. And they start punching stuff and kicking stuff. Oh, that's a result of you not controlling that anger. I said, it's okay to be angry. We all get angry. We get mad, we get sad, we get whatever, you know, yeah. I said, but you don't have to react to it. You don't you have know? To not, now not you in trouble. As
1: well. Right. <laughs> you right. Know? Your anger didn't get you in trouble. Your behavior because you Absolutely. were angry. Absolutely. Got you
0: in trouble. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So let's um let's get to
0: some support for and I and I know we would talk about men, but for anyone that's okay. gone through grief or crisis or anything, and then throw out some numbers out there and then we'll
1: wrap things up. Okay. So Um, there are a couple of numbers, right? So um, a lot of people are familiar with the uh, National Suicide Prevention Mm -hmm. Lifeline. um, And that number is 800-273-8255. And one other one that I want to point out, because we are in a technology-driven world where maybe sometimes, like, I I love that you were like, you know, I I was going to call the hotline, then I hung up and I, you know, I I looked at the sign, I was like, now I ain't going to do it. And so there's a text crisis line. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for all of us who, you know, sometimes we can't get our words out, right? It's like you're in the middle of boohoo crying. maybe you don't feel like talking, right? But you you might be able to text. So there's a text crisis line. Um, and if you text the word home to 741-741 in the continental United States, there are trained counselors who can um reach out to you via text and maybe establish some rapport there, right? Um, and I think that's very important because in in, in the 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 way that technology is moving and the way we access information sometimes you know i i, I hear people you know talk about man i can't believe you call you should have just text <laughs> right right <laughs> right and so it's like if if that okay. is the way that technology if that that is the way the world right as a whole is kind of moving i love that they created a space where texting is an option right right um and then there's one more that I want to kind of put out there. And then, I'll, you know, I, I'll, I'll give you some information about how to just kind of find your local right. um, crisis assistance. Right. Um, but there's a, a pet loss and bereave, bereavement resource line. Right. And a lot of times we don't think about oh, well, our pets. Right. But the pets are an extension of our family. Right. right. Now, I grew up in the country and, you know, uh, my pet lovers don't 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 get down on my family in the world that I grew up in. But we, you know, I come from a world where animals didn't come inside. That's true. Uh, Not only did they not come inside, they uh, they always stayed outside, maybe maybe chained to a pole or um, with, you know, center blocks. Right. That's the world I come from. Right. Right. And and many dogs where I'm from, um, especially the more rural the area became, didn't have collars or veterinarians that they would regularly see and and those kind of things so I went from that world uh, where you know there were dogs that would just run around the neighborhoods um to a world where I actually own a dog who lives in my house and I have pet insurance so right. <laughs> you're like like I've grown right 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 and so there's there's a there's a there's a bereavement resource line for um pet loss and that number is eight five five three five two five six eight three um and as far as finding like statewide um group support right? um one of the things that i always recommend is using a search engine right and i'm gonna just say google because that's what you know people say google this or whatever right? right like if you google um or search um crisis line and put your zip code in you're going to probably get a city a county and a state resource and a national, excuse me. You probably get a city, a state a county, a city, a county, a state and a national resource. So you would probably get four resources. If you just type in crisis help, crisis line, suicide prevention, grief assistance. Like if you put any of those type of key terms in and put your zip code in, you'll realize you probably have way more access to resources than you even know.
0: Absolutely. You know, uh, and just to put it out there for educators, um, some school districts have also their internal um, support systems in place. Uh, I say Wake County. That's the county I'm in. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. There are two different resources. And we just got a new one. Um, They created a department for educators. So we need support. We can get support. Nice. And I'm glad they did that because that was my complaint last year we're going through, you know, COVID and, and loss, we're still going through it, but right, right. Through COVID, you know, the beginning stages of the pandemic, and it was hard on everybody, but there was no support. There was no yeah. out, other internal support that we can go to. And the county decided we need a department, people who can actually support the educators, because wow. the kids all had what they needed. Yeah. You know, There's always somebody available for the kids. And I'm thinking, well, if we don't get what we need, how are we going to teach? How are we going to be there for our students? So, Man, that's good. I, I'm glad they thought about it. I'm glad they have this department in play. I know the two ladies who are involved. Um, matter of fact, one lady will be on my podcast by the end of this month. Um, nice. Yeah, so she has a great story. And um, I I, um, I was able to tra- go through a training with them and connected with that department. So uh, yes. I, any resources I can provide for anyone I'm willing to do. Um, Maurice, before we wrap things up, is there anything else you want to share?
1: What, what, the last thing going along with what you said about resources. So, um, there are, um, so one thing that I'll say is as far as like counseling and therapy services goes, right. There are, um, a lot of companies who are now helping cover the cost of co-pays, um, like your own insurance panels. Like I know that the state, people who have blue cross blue shield stay health plan, right. right? Just put it out there, right? Um, over the last two years, they have supported their um their uh their clients, if you will, or people who 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 have that insurance, cover the cost of co-pays. And so they were able to get mental health services at no cost. Um I know that a lot of companies who um who have uh, made a more robust uh EAP program where they've included mental health services where um if you call your your hr department and find out about your eap or your employment assistance program um they may have some funding allowed allotted to you to be able to talk with a counselor for several sessions at no cost to you and so while we're talking about resources um because i'm a clinician um and yes i am credentialed with uh most insurances and um eaps um across the carolinas and so um, if you're looking for a therapist in particular I'd be more than happy to support you in that. Um, and I'm gonna give you two different things. My website, uh, choose better, the number four, the letter U, choose better for you.com. And if you look at looking for me at all across social media platforms, you can find me at choose better, the number four, the letter U. So that's choose, like make choices. So choose better, B-E-T-T-E-R, the number four, the letter U. Choose Better For You. That's my website and my social media platforms. Awesome, awesome, I appreciate
0: that. So Maurice, <clears throat> excuse me, just to honor your time and my time, I'm gonna go ahead and bring us to a close. Um, I'm gonna say thank you for your willingness to come on and have this conversation. It was kind of a last minute. I said, hey, this is something we need to talk about. Let me reach out to the brother, get him on the show. Um, Cause I always feel like, you know, we, there's never too much information. Right. And we need that support, especially going into the holiday season. You got people dealing with a lot of different things Yes. Not knowing how to identify what they're feeling, as we call it, the holiday blues. Yeah. Um, but knowing that there's resources and people out there they can reach out to to help them. You know, I feel like that's a part of my responsibility. You know, as a podcaster, I'm going to help give you some information. I'm going to provide you with some services, bring the right people on to talk to you. You know, Absolutely.
1: so I greatly appreciate you coming on, brother. Um, And I just want to add, I know that I said i have served the Carolinas. I'm also attached to several therapists across the United States. Um, and so even if, and I know this is, this is a, this is a more global podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And so if somebody hears this and like, ah, oh, well, I can't reach out to him. That's not true. You can absolutely reach out to me. My heart is to help people get connected to services that are going to be beneficial to them. Um, even if you listen to me and you're like, ah, I don't, I don't necessarily want to talk to him, but maybe he has somebody I can talk to. Right. And care- listen, I am, I am for the community and I'm for clinicians. Um, and I and I just believe that people who need support and want support, desire support, deserve support. I, and so, I, if you hear this and you're like, "Man, that guy's not going to help me," yes, I will. I I I 100% guaranteed will help you 100%. Awesome,
0: awesome, and that's good to hear. Because um, I know they're going to people, somebody's going to say, "I'm in Chicago." Right. I, I mean, what can so you do? Gonna for reach me, out but, to him? I'm in
1: Chicago. What are you going to do for me?
0: But there it is. You have connections absolutely you know you can help people out so maurice i thank you for coming on again i appreciate it for the listeners i appreciate you all listening in um as usual i'm gonna say what i say was i wrap things up you know this world is in need of love you know every time you turn around you turn on the tv you know we are seeing all the mess that's that's putting us in these places of grief sometimes and we're experiencing these things uh personally in our lives But just remember to spread love. You know, love your friends, love your family, love your colleagues, your enemies. I know that's hard to do sometimes. You can love them from a distance. It's okay, you know, but love is in need. Uh, But most of all, look in that mirror and tell yourself I love you because sometimes we don't hear it enough, you know. And you have been listening to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. You'll take care, stay blessed. You have been listening to Living Life and Love with their host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. BitFriends Podcast can be listened to on Blog Talk Radio, iHeart Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Facebook. Once again, BitFriends Podcasts are sponsored by My Bitiligo Team.